Welcome to In The Frame. During your visit you may be met with explicit language and references, and spoilers throughout. You have been warned. Hi everyone, welcome back to In The Frame, where the opinion that nobody asked for. And I'm Sam, and I'm hosting this week's episode, joined by Will, Dan, and Rodeo, as usual. And we're talking about Mission Impossible Fallout this week. We should probably make it clear first, actually, that me and Will have seen all six films now in this franchise. I've um, seen Dan one. and Rodeo here have only seen this one. I've seen a Simpsons parody of the first one. That's all you need. Yep, that counts. <laughs> That's good enough. <laughs> okay, so synopsis for this one. Uh, there's a short bloke. He rides a bike. He drives a car. Almost falls off a cliff. Boom. Yeah. Impossible The mission. main impossible mission is that there's two nuclear bombs that have been set up by the bad guys and they need to they've they've they realize that there's no way of stopping the bomb but then then they realize that the only way to stop the bomb is when they have activated the bomb is to take the key out of the remote detonator which um henry cavill's character has taken away so ethan hunt tom cruise has to go and stop him and take it and take the key out and stop it First impressions. My first impression was, firstly, there was a lot of fake fire. Secondly, if you imagine a kid playing with some action men, and he's like probably imagining some really dumb story because he's a kid with action men, that's like what this film is. Like the, the, the dialogue is what that kid would come up with. All the scenarios are what that kid would come up with. And like Tom Cruise was basically like action man, but shorter and not wearing orange and gray. <laughs> Bollocks, weren't it? <laughs> From what I've seen of all the parodies that The Simpsons have done, it was what I expected. It was Tom Cruise riding some vehicles, there was some explosions, big fight at the end, and he diffuses a bomb within like a second to spare. I can't imagine a lot of other action films topping this sort of like these sort of sequences this year. I would probably agree with that, if you want just, like, an action film. Mm. Yeah, go with that, over yeah. James Bond. The Bourne films I didn't like much. I haven't seen any of the Bourne films. Although I must say, I did get, like, really bored in the middle of this film. Like, I thought it really lagged. And if I'm watching an action film, like, I'd want to be really hooked all the way through and having mm. lots of fun all the way through. Like Skyscraper. Like Bumblebee Man. <laughs> <laughs> and Will. Yeah, I, like, pretty much opposite of what you guys said. I think, like, the action sequences were, like, really well done. Like, especially the scene in the uh, bathroom. The bathroom scene was amazing. Like, yeah. towards the beginning of the film. Choreography was pretty spot on. I don't know if, if you've noticed, but in these sort of modern-day action films, they tend to not have any sort of music when they have these intense fight scenes. You just hear all, like, the epic punches and, you know, slaps to the face. So Christ Christopher McQuarrie did Rogue Nation and okay yeah and this one oh, so quite a big step up I would say mm. considering I quite enjoyed Rogue Nation I didn't think it was a bad film uh, I just didn't think it had the same impact that Ghost Protocol had whereas I feel like this film was a lot more like Ghost Protocol so yeah that's why it's better yeah so the Mission Impossible films for me are one of the one of the better action franchises out there, if not the one that carries the most tension and the most intrigue when it comes to the action, because it's, it's a very it's, creative franchise. So basically James Bond and the Bourne films like mush together. Yeah. 
And they pooped out Mission Impossible. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the, the unique appeal for these movies is that every film has that major impossible mission that is sort of set up throughout the film. Um, and it's always really exciting to guess as the film begins what that's going to be like in Ghost Protocol. We had the Burj Khalifa scene. Yep. We had the underwater scene in Rogue Nation. Yep. And we had like the building jump in Mission Impossible 3. The building jump? <laughs> Yeah, he that just, was a big thing in Mission Impossible well, three. three. Well, there was two giant towers. He did and, like four in this and he one. Like, yeah. That, that's, yeah, this is the point I was making to Will earlier: is that they've been getting more and more outlandish with their big impossible missions. So starting from like Protocol, the fourth film, where they did the Burger Khalifa scene, which was pretty insane. What, what is the Burger Khalifa scene? So they're in the hotel, uh, the Burger Khalifa, and. Um, Cruz has to get to the server room, you so see. he's like, the only way you're going to get up there is by going the outside of the building because the bad guy's in the hallway. Does so... he put gaffer tape on his hands and do a bumblebee no. man? <laughs> um, he has these, like, cool sticky gloves, and he climbs up, but the gloves stop working as he gets to the top. No, no, like... no, he smashed through the window, but to oh, get yes, back yeah. down one and breaks, so he he doesn't have one. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking it's another bumblebee man movie. Like, it literally moment, sounds isn't it? exactly like bumblebee yeah. man. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did know that, though, that Cruz yeah. does do all of his own stunts. Well, that's and nice. You guys, are you guys big Tom Cruise fans, then? Did no. you know one of his teeth is in the dead centre of his mouth? Yes. It's weird. I, yeah. just, I just saw his teeth one day and I was like, what? <laughs> it's like Christian Bale has that mole and it's like just, just in his like eye. Yeah. Like right here, like near his eye duct. It's like it's how really Megan nice Fox has really weird thumbs. So yeah. <laughs> we should... Hey? We should... Megan Fox... She's got like weird little thumbs. Good. Halle yeah. Berry has got six toes on each foot. Really? Yeah. Cool. You're just making shit up now. No, that's true. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. the guy who plays Chandler has like one finger that's like really short. Nice. The evolution of the mankind. X Men. <laughs> what do you guys think to Henry Cavill? To yeah. who? The barbershop guy. With the mustache. Yeah, so the, the bad guy looked exactly like he should be working in like a hipster barbershop, which, you know, that was cool. Because it means that you can you can suspect anyone you see on the street if you're, if you're walking down like one Everyone's of the one cover. of the more hipster streets that have those kind of barber shops. Look in the windows. Hum the Mission Impossible Henry music to yourself. There was there was no Hawkeye in this one. Yeah, I was about to say that. Why the yeah, hell was there uh, was not in this Tommy one? Yeah. He was busy. Um... He could have been. Yeah, I mean, busy being Hawkeye probably. But he wasn't even in the Avengers. So what the hell was? What are you doing, man? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh yeah, let's talk about the score. That's sort of the main sort of yeah, the main theme. Not the main theme song, right? The, right. Yeah. You know the the new the actual film score. Yeah. <laughs> Not the... But the theme song is great. Yeah, obviously. Love the theme song. There was obviously loads of generic Mission Impossible spy music in there, but I like the main mm-hmm. sort of you know the main like pump song. They had, and they sort of had a lot of like <laughs> those that drum music in the background. You notice that? Oh yeah, the it's marching sort of like, drums when yeah. the, she was driving the bike through the um, through the little archway section. You can hear all the arches as she went past. I really yeah, like that. I thought that was really it. cool. Sounds nice, nice bit of sound design there. I just like the fact that it's one of those films that can get the tension and just like hold it in a, in a certain place, mm. and you just sort of just you're just engrossed. You just keep watching, and it keeps surprising you with all of the different actors they then just throw at you from different angles. Yeah, and. Like, as much as some of the overarching plot can be quite predictable in these films, like, you can never guess what the action sequence is going to be next. And that's part of the fun for this this type of movie. Mm. I mean, I thought the action sequences were cool. I can't really fault them as such, other than that they were, like, super cheesy. But 
I kind of just got bored because it was like every single character was like quadruple crossing everyone else and it was just kind of, I felt it got silly, which maybe was the point. So maybe I'm just missing the point, but it kind of lost me for mm. that reason. Well, in Rogue Nation, that's what the main problem I had with it was, it was, all, the it double was, bit, was all a bit too silly. So in terms of the tech in this movie, usually, like the last, was it Rogue Nation? Ghost Protocol was very teched out. Yeah, I did notice that they're lacking. There was a lack of tech in this one. I mean, we had the masks come back. The yeah. masks are in every film, and it's like one of the trademarks of the franchise. It's not Mission you know where they the mask. And um, they got me, like when Henry Cavill... They do the switch. Where they do the switch with Simon yeah. Pegg. It was so obvious at this point that Henry Cavill was going to be the bad guy. Like, from the first time you meet him, you're like, something's up with this guy. Mm. And I was like, are they really just going to roll with this? This is a Mission Impossible. There's going to be some twist here. And then they still got me when they had Simon Pegg not in the chair. And, you know, and they brought Alec Baldwin in. And then, like, they proper, like, double-crossed him. It's, that's, a, that's, that's a very classy He's Mission Impossible. That just kind of gives you that surprise. And you're like, oh, wow, they actually, like, they're, they're going to just keep, keep rolling with this. I thought the bad guy was more predictable in this than in, like, animated kids' films. As soon as he comes in, you kind of know it's him. But they played with that, and that's what I wasn't sure whether they were going to do or not, and I was so glad when they did. Did they, though? How, how do you mean they played with that? Well, I think it was so obvious that he was the bad guy from the set, from the get-go. And then when they did that switcheroo with Simon Pegg with the British guy's mask on instead and yeah. stuff like that, and they double-crossed him and they acted yeah. like they knew him, he was a bad guy all along... I wasn't sure whether they were going to go down that route because that's a very Mission Impossible route to go down. Mm. I thought they might try and make it different and then I would be disappointed eventually when they reveal that he's a bad guy because it's been so obvious. But the fact that they knew it was kind of obvious, that's where they play with it. This was still before the halfway mark, so I was kind of glad I, that they I feel, didn't like, have that as one of their big plot twists. I, I feel like at this point in the franchise, people are more inclined to watch these films for the action set pieces mm. and for the, the quirky Mission Impossible-style sequences you know with the whole like gadgets they use and all the little twists and stuff so you know it can be quite predictable i think it's the thing that you just you just roll with it with this with this franchise yeah. it's not something where you're going to watch it for the story is it it's something where you're going no, to watch you... it just for the action and yeah. just for i think it's one of those films that when it sets up epic moments it pays off in exactly the way that you either want it to or it gives you a left hook and then you're surprised by it and that's i think that's the joy of watching these films where you, there's a lot of moments where you're sort of either biting your nails or on the edge of your seat or just like completely bemused by the whole thing that's going on because it's Mission Impossible. It's meant to just throw everything at you and just see how you see how you cope with it. So we, we spoke about Henry Cavill. So what yep. about Tom Cruise? I mean, Tom Cruise was Tom Cruise. He was yeah. the same as he's been in the last few movies. You know, hides a lot of the emotion. If you're a spy, you kind of have to. And there's in the last couple, they've tried to seep his personal life into it a little bit more. I think in this one, he was a little bit more... He was cut loose a little bit more, especially with, um, you know, showing his rage against, like, you know, killing innocent people and stuff like that. And you could see there was yeah, a bit more panic good. in his eyes than there might usually be. I liked how um, when he was flying the helicopter at the end, they were like, you can fly a helicopter? <laughs> and obviously I, I was just thinking oh yeah he's just gonna you know especially impossible he's just gonna clearly be able to yeah fly a helicopter or whatever and then he was sort of you know in a panic and you couldn't quite work it out you know I mean you think he would have learned after the first movie to avoid <laughs> yeah. those kind of scenarios again uh, but or at least take some lessons yeah that's what yeah. I thought in yeah. the first movie there's a sequence near the end where the helicopter goes inside the channel tunnel mm. and it's uh, yeah it's pretty crazy <laughs> And I loved that in this one they did the helicopter chase, especially at the bit at the end where the two helicopter like bodies, like the cockpits went down yeah, the side really of rocks cool. and they were hanging off each other. And then it's almost like the set pieces moved around the two actors 
when they dropped either side of them. Mm. So that was really cool. <clears throat> I was really excited when that was See, happening. That, that bit was another bit that kind of lost me because I just I thought it was just so contrived. Well, that's that's what Mission Impossible is like. Those are the things yeah. that you that like. I was like, I'm waiting for this big moment, and then that was it. And I was really excited when it was happening. I was like, you are aware of it. That's why I will say I do agree in that respect. It's very contrived, but it's very creative. This is what these films do well: is they know that they're over the top and they're unrealistic, but they can they run with it. Yeah, they run with it, and they they keep you interested by setting up these big set pieces and putting these characters in situations where you're like, well, how the fuck are they going to get rid of you know get out of this one? Everything that was going on back at base as well with Simon Pegg, you know, hanging from the ceiling, stuff like that. There was oh, so yeah, much yeah, going yeah. on that you just, it's its so intense. And I Solomon. loved it. I was really invested for that, for that ending. I really enjoyed it. Mm. I get the impression that his ex-wife probably won't be coming back. It was great to see the return of Luther, though. Again, you know, Vic Rames. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, he, he, was, he was in the first movie and he was fantastic oh, in the first movie. And then... He wasn't really used in Ghost Protocol. He came in at the, at the end, and then they used him again in Rogue Nation. It's nice to see him back in that, and he was really good in this one as well. He's like, he played, I think he plays off Simon Pegg really well, and vice versa. So yeah, they work well I liked them as the other two members of the crew. Yeah, I did like those two. Those two together, they were, mm. it was quite a nice little team. I think they were my favourite part about the film, actually. Mm. And in particular, yeah. Luther. Luther, yeah. Luther, he was my favourite character, I think. He's awesome. He was yeah. just a, a nice guy. Do you know when Luther's talking to Rebecca Ferguson's character and he's giving that whole, like, Ethan Hunt's, like, you know... Oh, yeah. If you're going to be like, around, you're just going to make it worse for him, basically. Yeah, just thing. get out now. It's pretty mosh. Yeah. yeah. See, I just, did, I just didn't really get that bit. He was kind of trying to do this, like, emotional talk to Ilsa and she was like, what are you on about? And <laughs> so was I. I was kind of like, what's, what's the point here that you're making? And then he seemed to be telling her not to come. And then she straight away turned to Tom Cruise and was like, yeah, I'm coming too. And it's like, okay, way to not listen to the fun black guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, I know. I know you're coming. So it was kind of, that's a really nice, pointless bit of dialogue. I think, like, personally, I thought it worked well because there was, like, this sort of underlying theme where Ethan Hunt takes pride in who he works with and all his, like, mm. close-knit family. And the whole... You're the, you know, you and his ex-wife, the only other, you know, yeah. special people in his life, layers his sort of emotional side of, I'm not going to let anyone die, even mm. if it means, you know, losing the mission impossible. I like that they keep throwing in the more realistic aspects whenever they can, where just like, yeah, this is going to happen now. And it's like, oh, wow, yeah. In normal action films, this sort of these sort of occurrences don't happen. You know, the helicopter gets shot up and he's even... Even Tom Cruise is like, oh, come on, just make this. Because, like, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, it could actually just not happen. Mm. Like, the movie did keep making me go back to those moments where I was like, oh, wow, he might actually not make this. You know, it's obvious that they will make it. Yeah, way. but you, you kind of forget in the moment. Yeah, you're so engrossed in what's going on with the epicness that you forget. <laughs> for, for a split second, I also fell for the bait at the very end of the movie as well. yeah. When he's, when he's hanging off the cliff and you see the and the camera pans back and it almost looks like a mushroom cloud and you're like, yeah. no. So it goes all white, doesn't it? No. And then he's holding the thing in his mouth and you're like, oh, thank God. I just didn't get the whole tension thing because I know that these films always end up with all the good guys are going to stay alive and the bad guys are either going to die or be put in prison. I know that's what the ending's going to be mm. right, right from the start, so... I think because because you have that ending every time, the tension was just lost. 
I can understand that, but I feel yeah. like it's a lot of it's about the journey with these films and the the experiences that you have on the uh, way to that 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 end game, and the characters because they're obviously most of them now have been in the last at least four films. Yeah, so you kind of get to know them, so it's nice that they can just set up big scenarios for them without having to do a lot of character development. I feel like I would quite like some character development. I was really hoping that they... <clears throat> I was hoping that Henry Cavill's character was going to survive and they were going to sort of bring him on for the next one. But I just liked it because obviously he was all, like, maimed and all, like, scabby. They were going to make him be, like, a recurring... Like Two-Face. Yeah, like yes, Two-Face. Yeah, like, like Two-Face, yeah. But obviously he had to die, so... His death reminded me of Clayton's death in Tarzan. Oh my God, you're talking about a long time ago. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's where they're, like, Ooh. having a fight in the vines and then, like... Tarzan cuts the vine and he get he like falls to his doom. It was just like giving me Tarzan vibes. I swear they used the same shot types and everything. <laughs> but Tarzan had like gorillas in it, so Yeah, that's what this film was lacking was gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> and Tarzan. Yeah, and Tarzan's to come out and stop the helicopter. So what's the uh, impossible factor of the mission then at five? Yeah. Well, he did it, so clearly it wasn't impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a zero, technically. <laughs> we should do thrill factor on this one. Yeah. Cruise factor. <laughs> cruise factor. Yeah. How many how many cruises would you give it? Thrill factor. My thrill factor would be a four out of five as well, because it was just like I was moving towards the edge of my seat during those sequences at the end. Mm. I loved it. I, mean, I was loving every moment of it. <laughs> I mean, I, I was, I was, but um, I was moving to the front of my seat, but mainly because my back was aching a bit. <laughs> Twelve factor for me, I'd say three. I think it's three out of five. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's a bit in the middle. Uh, I give it a two for thrill factor because the action was cool. It was so <laughs> contrived that I wasn't watching it thinking, "Oh God, is he going to survive? This is so thrilling." I was watching it thinking, "Oh, what the fuck? Come on." So it's a two from me. It did look pretty cool. Though. It was done quite well, the CGI. Oh, yeah, I mean, the production sort of values are really high, but that doesn't yeah. really come into the thrill factor. Yeah. It's a clear five out of five from me. I'll Is it really? Guys. Yeah. Nice. I, I thought it was uh, intense as freak. <laughs> <laughs> overall rating. My overall rating will probably have to be a nine out of ten. Fuck. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nine. Very yeah, nice. nine. Nice. Some great action sequences. Favourite being the uh, bathroom scene, which sounds weird, but I thought that was friggin' awesome. Oh, the bathroom scene made me laugh because there was just that shot of the two the two of them walking into the bathroom together in this club. <laughs> and it's like, oh! Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah, the bathroom oh. scene. The three guys, one cubicle. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was just really cool. So, Dan? Overall rating, I think four. When we compare it to... The films we have compared it to, like Skyscraper or Tarzan, <laughs> it's just not up there, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four as well, because, yeah, the production values were high, but the acting was, like, not good, and the scripting, I thought, was a bit bollocks, and the action sequences, yeah, they were choreographed well, but they were kind of lost on me because they were so contrived. I got bored in the middle and I, I got bored in the middle as well. I, yeah, I got bored even though that it was supposed to be like really intense. It's an eight from me. Fantastic action sequences as always. Everything you wanted from a Mission Impossible film, like down to a T. And Henry Cavill. Yeah, and and, and <laughs> Superman. Why not? Just throw him in there for you know ex, extra 
Extra yeah, joy. I think the moustache. That's well why deserved. Hawkeye wasn't in it. You can't have DC and Marvel in the same film. Okay, that about wraps this episode up. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We've been in the frame. Don't forget to give us a like. Subscribe. And hit the notifications bell. We'll see you next time. Better thing. From, oh, wait, Dan. I um, almost forgot. I almost forgot. All right, th- this week my impression is going to be Tarzan. Great. Very nice. Very nice. Oh. What even is that? Very nice. Very nice. It's a quote from Tarzan. Uh